0: All right, welcome to another uh, episode of the Startup Sack podcast where we do interviews with Sacramento startup founders and entrepreneurs. Today I'm with the co-founders of Trifecta. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and what Trifecta is all about.
1: Sure. Hey guys, I'm Greg Conley. I am the uh, co-founder and CEO of Trifecta and this is my amazing sister Liz. You want to?
2: Yeah, I'm Elizabeth Conley. I'm the co-founder and president of Trifecta. Um, and we started uh, almost a year and a half ago now uh, and uh, we're brother sister combo which seems weird but it's awesome <laughs> yeah
1: so dragged my poor sister into the entrepreneurial <laughs> fray uh, so yeah company's about 18 months old um, we launched in Southern California and have actually just moved to Sacramento uh, a little over seven months ago so working very closely with Barry over at uh, Greater Sacramento economic council, and then, you know, obviously excited to get involved in the startup community ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: So you guys, your startup is Trifecta, and you deal with organic meal delivery. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure, so Trifecta is kind of the next generation in uh, meal delivery services. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with companies like Blue Apron or HelloFresh, uh, where they deliver a box of ingredients and recipes to your house. Uh, We go a step further than that, and we actually deliver a box of vacuum-sealed, fully-cooked organic meals directly to people's houses nationwide. Uh, We're sourcing a lot of the food from right here in Sacramento, the farm-to-fork capital of the world. Uh, A lot of our suppliers are in the Central Valley, and then we source that food down to our kitchen in Los Angeles uh, and our shipping facilities, where it's then sent out uh, via FedEx all over the country.
0: So what was the inspiration for this startup and, and what's the, the problem that you're addressing?
1: Uh, sure. So I'll, I'll do the inspiration and you can sure. get <laughs> into the problem. <laughs> so uh, starting the company, uh, I was running another company called Amara. Uh, we've since pivoted that company to be a uh, make-to-order coffee company. But at the time, we were a, uh, a raw fruit sports drink company and we had signed a multi-year exclusive partnership with one of the more popular diets out there, the paleo diet. And in that process uh, sat down for lunch with one of my good buddies uh, uh, Thomas, who was running a, an industrial kitchen at the time and we you know were talking about the paleo diet partnership. Uh, he was having some trouble figuring out what he was going to do with the industrial kitchen. and we said, hey, we should you know join forces, uh, you know start producing meals. To really address the obesity epidemic, which is the problem, you know, Liz will tell you guys more about. Uh, And, you know, from that lunch, we've, you know, started spitballing ideas, uh, went back to our branding firm, uh, McLean Design, uh, who want to give them a shout out, cannot recommend them enough. Uh, They're based in Walnut Creek, so, you know, not too far away from us in Sacramento. Uh, They came up with the the brand trifecta, which we loved. Uh, You know, there's three meals in a day uh, you know, three macronutrients like protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's lots of threes when it Mm -hmm. comes to food. So we thought Trifecta was really cool. Uh, and ultimately, you know, ended up launching the company shortly after that, uh, the paleo diet being our, you know, our first major partner Mm -hmm. to, to really help us promote the meals. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was August of 2015. And yeah, Liz can tell you a little bit more about, uh, the obesity
2: epidemic. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and just to add to that, you know, Greg basically reached out to me and had this idea and wanted to get this going, and I think maybe two or three weeks later, I'd quit my job and I was moving to SoCal, so it was, it was all very quick and exciting. Um, in terms of the, you know, the problem we're looking to solve, um, you know, obviously obesity is a huge, huge thing um, in America at this point. And we've really looked at it and we've said that time is the reason that people are having trouble eating healthy. So we're trying to cut down on that time that people take meal prepping or just not meal prepping and eating fast food. Um, you know, there's kind of the two ends of the scale. You're either doing it and it's taking a ton of your time or you're not doing it. And, you know, and as a result, people are gaining weight and whatnot. So taking those steps out and making it ready to eat food um and just really really easy to to get healthy and stay healthy
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because i think obesity is is, is, the numbers are out there it's a major major cause of the uh, cardiovascular disease cancer um diabetes diabetes.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so addressing that um
2: a lot of ramifications there, yeah. so, definitely. Yeah,
1: so I'll add a little color to that on a personal note. You know, my, my wife is an emergency room physician mm-hmm. at uh, Kaiser South Sacramento, and a huge percentage of the cases that they see are people that have chronic disease caused by their lifestyle, their mm-hmm. eating habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were at a point in the United States where 70% of the deaths, 70% of the people that are dying in the U.S. are dying from chronic disease largely caused by diet. That are preventable. Uh, yeah, it's, it's literally preventable. And, you know, to add color to what Liz was saying about time being the critical factor, uh, you know, we looked at the, the Harvard meta-analysis studies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of your entrepreneurs, I'm sure, will want to do research into the pro- you know, the problem they're <laughs> solving. Uh, we looked at the data and the big studies coming out of Harvard or UC Davis or UCLA we're saying it, it wasn't actually education or a lot of these other factors that uh, the government often points to as the reason we're having such a huge obesity epidemic. It was convenience. It mm. was that Americans are working, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy hours a week. They've got kids, uh, activities, mm. all these other things. You know, traffic. I'm sure you guys all know, uh, and that was really preventing them from you know taking the time to cook, which right. you know in the 1950s. Was a you know a single earner household, and now we've got dual earner households. You know, uh, it's a situation where for most people there just isn't someone at home cooking three meals it's a day. It's just and too more. easy to jump off the freeway to a fast food restaurant, grab your dinner, and go home. It, it, right? Exactly, yeah. or you know, even fast casual. There's a million and one ways to eat out, and you know, obviously, uh, you know the way the market works. Uh, food producers give you bigger and bigger meals to you know continue to attract you yeah. and since the 1980s it's it's grown pretty exponentially thing, yeah. so so yeah we knew we, we weren't going to have an impact on the problem unless we did it through capitalism you know mm-hmm. we, we wanted to outcompete McDonald's and you know various other companies by being less expensive so we have meals that you know can be as cheap as four to seven dollars a meal or at the same time uh you know we're more convenient so the food comes fully cooked directly to your house you don't even have to drive to the drive a happy <laughs> meal version of that too yeah, <laughs> toys. yeah exactly it, it comes on it. yeah <laughs> directly to your door so you know i could go on and on about this topic but yeah we knew we had to you know have a for profit model that was doing the right thing you know conscious capitalism and really out-competing companies like Uh, McDonald's so that we could really start to solve this problem at its core. So you did a lot, you've talked a lot about doing some
0: research, going out there, look at the studies. Um, How did you go out and and validate from the market perspective, the customers, that they would buy this and they would buy it in the manner that you're, you're delivering
1: it? Well, um,
2: the, I mean, the coolest thing was we turned on the website and immediately started getting orders. Wow. We're like, wait, we haven't done marketing. We haven't done anything. So how did that happen? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. And there's just, there's already the demand before we even launched the site, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that time we had, you know, very small Instagram following is mm-hmm. what we were working with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, Did so you do fast. any
1: lead up on social media or anything? A little too? bit.
2: Yeah, we, a little we bit.
1: Did, we did do a little bit on that side, which I'll credit uh, Elizabeth and Jason who's behind the camera with doing, you know, 100% of that getting us up and running. Uh, We really took the the minimum viable product route, which I I think a lot of your, you know, Mm -hmm. your entrepreneurs can really learn from. We didn't say, okay, we're going to borrow $2 million from our rich uncle and open up a retail location and dump all our money into, you know, doing something crazy before we actually get the, the, you know, the revenue coming in. We Mm -hmm. said, we're going to, we built the first website ourselves yeah. you know mm-hmm. elizabeth and i and it, you know Got a revenue model up and running with yeah. our, our subscription-based service and, you know, really went the, the minimum viable product route as, as quickly as possible. What was that yeah. minimum?
0: What was that first product offering out there? Was it just yeah. the Paleo uh, meals or with Exactly, range? yeah. Well, I didn't even think we started with Paleo. I think that was the second.
2: No, we started with Paleo and we started pre-orders. So oh, you yeah, could yeah. pre-order you Paleo. That. and So then... you started
0: getting money before you even had to. Exactly,
2: exactly. And so um, just even the site itself was pretty bare bones. I mean, we only mm-hmm. had a couple pages, yeah. and it was just like the basic, basic details that you need. Um, the food as well has come a huge way from then, mm-hmm. um, and I totally agree. It's all about getting the minimum that you can to see if it actually works. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people out there, they get to that point, and then it's like, oh, nobody wanted this anyway. Yeah, they they right? spend <laughs> years
1: and hundreds of thousands to millions um, of dollars to find that out. So you actually have the luxury of, you,
0: you put something out there, and you, immediate started, you immediately started getting uh, traction yep. uh,
1: from the get-go. Yes, and I, I, I've thought a lot about that, and I, I think I, we can attribute it to two factors. Uh, you know, one is the product is, is relatively simple to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my previous company, Amara, I feel like that was one of our big difficulties as we wanted to be kind of a sports drink plus, uh, you know, something beyond a sports drink. And the concept was difficult for people to understand. Mm-hmm. We, we would do in-store demos or do stuff at events and people would try it and they'd go, oh, it, it tastes great. What is it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, that's fundamentally, you know, a marketing problem above and beyond just getting the word out about the brand. Uh, so I think that was a big piece, and you know, to give your audience some really easy, actionable uh, tips if they're thinking of starting something up themselves, uh, we went with as close to free as we could possibly get, so we used WordPress for the mm-hmm. website, mm-hmm. Uh, we used the Aveda theme, uh, which I cannot emphasize enough how amazing it is. It's plug and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happen to know how to code. Elizabeth, you know, learned a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, we didn't have to do a ton of coding. And then we used WooCommerce, which was mm-hmm. the uh, the e-commerce backend. And most of those things were virtually free. WordPress right. was free. Yeah. Aveda was, I think, $60. Yeah. Um, she set up the Instagram for free. Uh, you know, we had to pay, obviously, Jason some money to be able to create some of the content. But... For the most part, our first few months, we were incredibly bare bones you know in Elizabeth's I had an office you know it, it, because of Amara, but Elizabeth was working from home yeah. um you know Jason was as well we did we did things as cheaply as possible until we had revenue coming in and we actually in the team meeting we had a few minutes ago, we were looking back at our we have like a company scorecard that has mm-hmm. you know key performance indicators on it, and you know our first weeks it was like. One subscriber, you know, like six <laughs> like, subscribers, you know, 12 subscribers, yeah, 20. We were like so excited to have like 20 people buying the food from us yeah, in, in week, week four. Was, so, this know, was back last two, summer, yeah. is that right? Uh, no, uh, the summer before last, okay. yeah. so uh, August of 2015, okay. yeah, we launched, right, so about a year yeah. and a half ago, and uh. I mean, it seems like a life age at this point, even though it was only a year and a half because we spent so much time on it. But, you know, it really was kind of proof to us as we were incrementally growing uh, that, that we were on something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the subscribers continued to go up. And now we've obviously subscribed, you know, thousands of people to, to the service. But um, for the most part, you know, tracking things like, you know, are we bringing on more people? What's our, you know, churn, which is mm-hmm. are people buying and trying the food and quitting, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, you know, those are the type of metrics that, that we really so focus on. let's talk on about those a little
0: out. bit. What is your churn and what's your what's your revenue like? Um, you're making money, it sounds like. Um, what's what's your customer base? What's your, what
1: are some of those metrics? Uh, well, you want to hit the top level one since you did the presentation at the King's thing? Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if I remember them off the top of my head. I think we're a little over $3 million at this point in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Four. Oh, yeah. all right, yeah. see, I, I don't know, I'm too, the I'm too deep membership. in the, in the operation.
1: Uh, so so since since we launched, we've sold about $4 million worth of food, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, for the most part, we, a lot of that has come later stage in the company, yeah. we're mm-hmm. at a clip now where we sell about 400000 a month, wow. uh, you know, worth of food, uh, we're hoping, you know, end of April we'll be, you know, at half a million or, wow. or more, Um and then churn, which I'm sure you guys will care about, we're at about 21.8 percent, which means on average people stick around for about five weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we have a decent amount of people that come and immediately quit, and then we have a decent amount of people that uh, you know will stick around for 90 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's you know average based on the uh, the overall customer base, and you know those are the type of metrics that we really track. You know, how much profit are we making about month five? Uh, you know, everybody, you should research the J-Curve, which is, you know, you losing money until you start making more than <laughs> you're spending. And when do you cross back over zero? Yeah, we actually
0: again. had him at an event here, uh, Howard Love, the author of The J-Curve. No, oh, beautiful. A kind of night
1: event. Cool. Uh, a few months ago, actually. Yeah, Very great. cool. So one of my favorite concepts, obviously coming from the startup space. And around month five, we uh, broke out of that. And then May of 2016 was our first month that we were... You know, we noticed we were really stuffing money in in the bank at that point. We thought, okay, you know, it's it's time for us to hire. You know, we did some price reductions on some items, you know, because mm-hmm. we wanted to be a, as affordable as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, various other stuff like that to to help us. Get and where are you, you at
0: now, and in what stage you at uh, as far as growth? Uh, what do you do? Are you you're hiring a lot of people? You've recently actually moved up here from from LA, right? Um, what's, where you're at now? Where would you characterize you're at now?
1: Um, we're still, you know, definitely very early stage, Mm -hmm. you know, startup, obviously being a year and a half old, um, you are pre-seed, right?
0: Or are you seed or pre-series? Uh,
1: we, we self-funded it in the beginning. So Liz and I both put, you know, 50,000 in to launch the company. A former investor of mine, Mm -hmm. you know, asked repeatedly to be able to invest, uh, because he really liked the idea. So we took... Uh, 50000 from him, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much right when we were launching the business. And uh, right now we're raising a, a $7 million Series A on a $21 million pre-money valuation. Uh, we're doing it on a platform called Circle Up. So this is another great business tip for mm-hmm. uh, your entrepreneurs. Depending on what segment you're in, there's probably, we're at the stage in crowdfunding now, there's probably an equity-based crowdfunding platform that is sp- Specific to your niche audience, whether you're uh, a niche investor audience. So whether you're software or like us, you know, we're somewhere in between software and consumer packaged goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Circle Up made perfect sense for us. Mm-hmm. They are the private market uh, arm for consumer packaged goods for the NASDAQ. Uh, so mm-hmm. they have a capital markets team. They can make lots of introductions directly to venture capitalists for us. Uh, various other things like that, and uh, you know, right now we've got, you know, it's a great problem to have. You know, knock on wood, we've got more investors in our deal room than I cool. can even reach, you know, via email. So, um, I took a short week vacation and had to have Liz present at uh, Kings Capitalize, yeah. which she did an amazing job <laughs> she did. on. I was there. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to continue to build top line sales and profitability while we simultaneously raise capital. Uh, you know, to keep our lead in the organic space. What's that landscape. capital going to
0: go to, scaling up um, operations or yeah. hiring staff? or
2: Yeah, exactly, um, all those areas. So we want to bring on, um, we were actually just talking about this in the meeting as well, um, Greg and I are both kind of sales marketing-minded people. Mm-hmm. We'd really like to get someone in here who's, you know, much more numbers-focused, analytical, um, mm-hmm. would be a really good, like, third person for mm-hmm. us. Um, on like high level and then, um, you know, getting into other stuff is our creative team poor Jay behind the camera, um, has work until, uh, next year, you know, so things like that. And then just, you know, deploying programs that we want to do that we just, we can't fund yet. Um, so like we'd love to do, you know, a viral referral program would be huge for us. Um, you know, like blue aprons sticks in their boxes, um, let your friend use this, it's, you know, free food or whatever it is, that type of thing um, makes a huge, huge difference and really spreads the word from people who are already excited about it. So that's really what we want to do is kind of create that that environment where people are telling their friends.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another great example of a tip for other entrepreneurs. What she was just talking about, the technical term for it is a viral loop. And, uh, you know, companies, probably the most famous one, well, two of the most famous ones are... Uh, Uber and Dropbox. I'm sure when you guys signed up for Uber, you noticed Mm -hmm. Uber was saying, hey, we'll give you $20 worth of free rides if you Mm -hmm. get your friend to sign up, Mm -hmm. and we'll give your friend $20 worth of free rides, too. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, all three parties in the marketing scenario are incentivized to uh, share Uber You know, you're getting $20, your friend's getting $20, and Uber knows their customer acquisition cost for that new user is $40. Mm -hmm. It's a win-win-win for all three parties involved. And we want to do something similar, uh, you know, with meals where we're saying, hey, you know, give your friend two free meals and we'll give you two free meals in exchange. Uh, And that way, it's not us promoting the product. It is... People telling their best friend about it. And you know, you obviously believe your best friend a lot more than you believe a company that you're just becoming aware of. So uh, those type of tactics uh, can be incredibly valuable for you guys scaling up startups. Another great example I love to give is Dropbox. I'm sure a lot of you signed up for Dropbox. In the beginning they had, get 500 free megabytes worth of space when you get your friend to sign up. Dropbox signed up something like $400 400 million dollars worth of uh drop boxes within the first week no. because they uh, just scaled so incredibly quickly using this particular viral loop. It was a it was a 24-hour viral loop when they released it and it shot off like a rocket. Uh, so now I think Dropbox is doing something like four, you know, four billion dollar company or something. Uh, I haven't looked at the metrics recently, but they're enormous, and it's simply because they really effectively deployed a, a viral loop. So that's a more advanced marketing tactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in our case, there's some costs, uh, you know, uh, involved. Mm-hmm. Currently, our customer acquisition cost is about sixteen dollars and ninety one cents, and if we do something like two free meals for. Each person, you know, we're looking at, you know, maybe $40 if you include the marketing materials and tracking, uh, you know, for that customer acquisition cost. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Should we have a few million in the bank to make sure if it blows up crazy we aren't disappointing (laughs) a whole lot of people? Yes, we probably should. So... Uh, those are the type of things to raise capital for. If you've got a working model uh, and you're ready to scale it, you can use those type of, of really ingenious marketing tactics to scale the business from multi-millions like where we're at right now into hundreds of millions uh, in a very short period of time.
0: So piggybacking off of the marketing stuff, you guys are kind of killing it on social media. You've, you're you're, you're uh, partnering with athletes and, and sports leagues uh, via social media channels. How key has that been to your success, you think, and how how do you think other entrepreneurs can, can learn from the success you've had with
1: that?
2: Well, this is all Greg. Yeah, this is all so Greg. <laughs> uh, I, I
1: think it's absolutely critical to our key to success. Uh, it's, with the exception of fundraising, probably my, my main role within the organization mm-hmm. is uh, connecting with celebrity athletes. You know, a number of them I already knew from previous companies, which helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm finishing an article for ink magazine that talks about uh, bringing on higher tiered athletes or influencers etc um you know as you scale a business we use a model called a social influencer affiliate marketing model which is again a more sophisticated marketing concept but essentially what we do is we reach out to celebrity athletes we say hey you've got this huge following seven hundred fifty thousand fans on instagram Let's monetize that following by giving you this particular, we call it a cloaked affiliate link, but a, a customized partner link that when people click on that link, we can track via our software that that buyer came from, you know, XYZ athlete. We'll just use Uriah Faber as an mm-hmm. example since he's right here in Sacramento. So Uriah Faber promotes us. Uh, he happens to be a partner in the company, so you know, he doesn't really do the, uh, the affiliate model, but you know, let's say he does. He promotes us. People click on the link. Uh, they come and buy from us. We give a percentage of that, uh, the profit from that sale back to Uriah Faber. So a lot of these uh, social media celebrities have these huge followings, and they don't know how to turn that into money. And we give them that ability, and it's with a product that they can genuinely feel good about. We're, we're selling so you're healthy you're, you're getting them some money and, and they're getting you the the visibility, visibility and the fans exactly. And obviously, a huge percentage of our revenue we you know, to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month come from uh, our partners. And whether in our case, You know, diet partners have been very successful for us. You know, we work with a uh, company called Renaissance Periodization, uh, otherwise known as the RP Diet. They've got hundreds of thousands of followers on social media now. They've got an enormous Facebook group that has about 40,000 people in it. And uh, they are able to refer a lot of the people that are buying their, their diets, which is, you know, tens of thousands of people at this point, uh, to us saying, hey, you know, these are complimentary, complimentary products. We make this amazing diet. If you want to get food that exactly matches that diet mm-hmm. sent directly to your door, we have this partner trifecta that can take the diet template we gave you and send you food to exactly match it. And those type of complementary vertical partnerships are absolutely critical to yeah. uh, scaling a business early stage when it comes to marketing. Those people give us the visibility and they drive, you know, a huge amount of our sales in the process. And what would you
0: recommend somebody who doesn't have the marketing experience that you obviously have, who's got this idea, they've got uh, a new startup and they've got an MVP out there, how do they go out and, and get some kind of, maybe they're not sports related, how do they go out and get that kind of uh, social media traction from, from influencers?
1: Um, for every market that there is, there is an influencer for your particular market. I don't mm-hmm. care if you are selling Elmo stuffed animals. <laughs> you know, There is somebody who has a blog that is a children's blog that has hundreds of thousands of visitors coming every month. And that blog is now your influencer. They may not be a celebrity diet partner. One of our most popular and most successful partners is a company called Paleo Hacks. Uh, you know, run by my buddy Dave down in Santa Monica. It's a few people uh, running the company, but they get millions of monthly unique visitors to this particular website. And all it does is give you paleo diet tips. It's a very, Mm -hmm. you know, simplistic website, but it's got a huge amount of keywords. They get a huge amount of traffic to the site and they're an amazing fit for us. You know, for, I'll use Amara as an example. When we relaunch the uh, roast to order coffee, we will reach out to, you know, maybe some, some, uh, you know, coffee uh, connoisseurs Mm -hmm. you know maybe it's someone who's a celebrity and talks all the time on their profile about how much they love coffee maybe it's a you know a master c grader if you know that's uh, you know almost like a sommelier for coffee and they always know and find the best Mm -hmm. coffee beans and they've got a big blog that talks about coffee all the time you know no matter what you're selling it could be you know audio equipment notebooks coffee elmo dolls no matter what it is there's someone out there who is an influencer in so that So you need to go out space. and find who that influencer is in their niche in their vertical. It, yeah. Exactly because that is where the uh, the conversation is taking place in the community that you want to reach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll use you, you know your core business is a you know a marketing firm if I understand correctly. Well, it's
0: it's actually kind of a more news oriented. just basically serving Startups in the Sacramento area, not so much marketing, but just being a news resource and an online hub of resources. Sure.
1: So, you know, great people for you to connect with would be, uh, people that are heavily involved in the you know the startup community mm-hmm. like Mark Haney, you know maybe some of the venture capital mm-hmm. firms you know I immediately think of you know impact uh, impact venture capital and uh, their one million cups program yep. always has you exactly. know, I'm sure organize your... <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so you know people like that are that's an easy way I mean obviously mm-hmm. you're already doing a lot of things, but an easy way for you to connect with uh, that particular community that mm-hmm. you're looking to reach so no matter what your business is you know there's someone out there who is an expert in your space whether it's a blog a celebrity Business owner, you know, you name it—that is uh, going to be a really good partner that will help. you. I
0: think you we'll have to business. do a
1: follow-up workshop and get you to talk about <laughs> some of these marketing
0: tips and tricks. Um, sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> it's some our, some our kind of specialty. Specialty. in specialty. Future, yeah.
2: Well, I think something Greg uh, Greg kind of glazes over, but he does a really good job of with these partners. Is what am I doing for them? What what value and am I adding? Yeah, it's not. Oh, this partner is a good fit for me. They're going to do something for me. It's very much how can I provide value for you? And then Mm -hmm. this is, you know. And so for most of them, we're bringing their mission to life, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's athletes or diet partners, they want their audience to be healthy and, you know, fit and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. And they're giving them, resources and this is kind of another resource so Mm -hmm. a very valuable one yeah a very valuable one and um I think that's the way to approach it a lot of people are out there approaching it the opposite direction Mm -hmm. where it's what can you do for me and that's really hard to do that when you're very small you know the give
1: first mentality it's very important (laughs) yeah Yeah, it it absolutely does and it's a great point you know I'm a a big fan of uh Gary Vaynerchuk Mm -hmm. who's you know he's Coined the term jab, 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 right hook, which is, you know, give value a lot Mm -hmm. before you ask for value (laughs) back type thing. And, Yes, that's that's absolutely something I focus on. You know, a lot of our athlete partners, you know, especially in places like the NFL, uh, you know, are, are not terribly business savvy. You know, they will take your head off if you are holding the football. But you, know, <laughs> you, you look at the NFL, and seventy eight percent of the players are bankrupt within three years yeah. of leaving the league. Seventy eight percent. We're talking almost four fifths of everyone in the NFL bankrupt within a few years of leaving the league. So I come in and say, yeah, we can give you an extra you know route to monetization we can you know feed you some food that will make you in the best shape of your life you'll perform better in the sport but at the same time you know I want you to use me as a business resource and uh, you know almost like a business coach when you know so you can capitalize right now while all the eyeballs are on you in the league, and when you get out of the league, you've got good strategies yeah, in place mm-hmm. and revenue streams for for you to continue to build your personal brand. Because everybody wants to leave the league and become Magic Johnson with his hundreds of Starbucks or Michael Jordan with his amazing yeah. you know Nike partnership, uh, but very few of them do, and they you know they live this lifestyle where they're spending huge amounts of money, uh, and you know ultimately have a lot of difficulty. Um, you know, keeping that that amount of income coming in.
0: So you you've mentioned the sports um, affiliation a lot with athletes. Um, talk a little bit about that because you you've got some good deals with your uh U.S. Olympic team. Uh, you've talked about um, CrossFit, CrossFit, yeah. some <laughs> other leagues out there. Talk a little bit about how how that's come about and and how big
1: that is, how crucial that is, how big of a win that is for you. Sure. So. As I'm sure a lot of you are aware, um, partnering with players and athletes and celebrities is one thing. Being connected directly to the leagues is is really something fundamentally different. It's the model, you know, Nike, Gatorade, a lot of these these bigger brands have really uh, pioneered with with great success. Because you know, if a player gets injured or leaves the league or retires or whatever, you're still partnered with the league, mm-hmm. and you're you know you're long term sustainable. So some of the the ones that we're excited about recently are. Uh, We signed a four-year agreement with the U.S. Olympic team. We started with uh, Team USA weightlifting. Mm. Um, You know, enormous following there. It's become incredibly popular, especially with the rise of CrossFit. Uh, CrossFit is another one. We actually just signed final, you know, bilateral docs with them uh, on Monday. And essentially that agreement is uh, we are a food supplier to them. Uh, So we, you know, make money on that side of the deal. And then at the same time, we are a sponsor Uh, for the CrossFit Games, which is their big, you know, sporting event. And, you know, in that case, it gets us a lot of additional visibility within the league itself. So those type of partnerships, yes, absolutely critical. They give us a lot of additional uh, visibility and, uh, you know, longevity within the leagues themselves. And we kind of see ourselves in a, you know, a land grab situation with Uh, you know, sport, which is where we focus, you know, kind of health and wellness and fitness, you know, we want to partner with as many leagues and athletes, et cetera, as as we can. And, you know, Uriah was obviously a... you know key piece of that you know he's kind of you know winding down his, his MMA career focusing heavily on on the business he's now an investor in trifecta uh, has made introductions to the president of the UFC gym chain so we're pretty far along in those discussions now uh, as well as uh, you know we've got a meeting on April 3rd with you know Dana white and some of the senior executives at the new UFC headquarters um, so we'd love to bring the UFC on board as well uh, y- you know along with Uriah you know team Alpha male a lot of the uh, the other partnerships he, he already has in place with, you know, athletes themselves. He's got
0: a recent little inroad into the NBA with uh, Kings Capitalized that you pitched at like two weeks ago, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was pretty recent. It was uh, normally something Greg would do, but I
0: Tell us about how was, was that excited. experience for you? You were in a room. It was, yeah. a, it was a really nice, posh suite in the in Golden <laughs> One Center. The Lexus Lounge. Uh, <laughs> probably 70 people, panel of judges, yeah. um, film crews. Were you nervous?
2: Uh, definitely nervous. Um what I what I did was I practiced for my team beforehand mm-hmm. and that was about all I needed. Mm-hmm. So um but it was a lot of fun and gotta do like a quick interview with Marcaney yep. afterwards. Um and then just, you know, obviously hearing that we were top four, that was like, yes, the perfect moment. So um made him proud while he was in Thailand. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you did a great job. Um so what what has happened um since that pitch? Have you have you gotten to meet with the uh, the team at all or as far as the team representatives the, the the leadership the ownership um any coaching or anything going on there with the kings or
1: um so it's it's you know being run by Ventures, mm-hmm. which is you know one of the vcs or right. you know knock on wood pitching the the last couple months here mm-hmm. and uh you know we we've been working very closely with them to mm-hmm. kind of you know really do a deep dive into the business itself mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously the Kings are involved with that mm-hmm. as well. So I've been in you know Kings corporate headquarters multiple times over the, the last week here. You know, talking with uh, them about specifics of the the team. Um, we're also you know in discussions with the Warriors, the Niners. Mm-hmm. You know, we've picked up uh, sure. the, the the Anaheim Ducks, the NHL team uh, through Precision Nutrition. We're likely to get the San Antonio Spurs. You know, we're. We're just onboarding as many of these teams as, as quickly as possible because when we hit kind of a critical mass with the nba nfl nhl teams etc uh, at that point we can you know say okay we're we're feeding most of the teams in the league and we can you know approach the league at that point and say okay you know does it make sense for us okay, to bring the yeah, league itself yeah. on board so yes very excited about the contest really excited that there's this amazing startup environment uh, forming in sacramento um, you know, being in L.A. and San Francisco, you know, transplant, but having grown up in Sacramento, uh, you know, was really hopeful something like this would be going on here. When yeah, we talk a little bit about,
0: about <laughs> moving it up from L.A. to here. Talk about how what attracted
1: you to Sacramento um, as far as your business uh, over L.A.? Sure. So there, there were a few pieces. Part of them were personal. You know, we're from Sacramento. Our our parents are up here. Um, you know, my, our parents are long retired and, and live in Davis. And then my my wife's uh, father is retired as well and lives in Davis mm-hmm. too. Uh, so obviously, some personal reasons involved. Um, compared to L.A., we can get a much larger, much nicer space for less money. You know, obviously, this gorgeous podcasting studio mm-hmm. we're in right now, uh, as well as. Uh, a big piece of it is our. a lot of our suppliers are from the Central Valley. So Sacramento is the, the farm-to-fork capital of the world. I mean, we literally just renamed the motto of the entire city to the farm-to-fork capital of the world, and a huge amount of the produce and proteins that we source are, are coming from right here in Sacramento. So we feel like there's an opportunity for a brand-new market to really explode in SAC, which is this kind of farm-to-fork food tech industry. Uh, You know, we just call it food tech essentially, and it allows us to pull people from Silicon Valley, where you know the tech capital of the world, uh, and then we've got you know the food capital of the world right here in Sacramento. And you know, the the merger of those two, we really feel like could be a massive powerhouse in uh, Sacramento. So, we're really excited, obviously, with us growing over 15,000 percent in the last uh, 18 months, is is you know really got us even more excited, and uh. We're excited to be close to the, our suppliers and farmers as well because we can showcase them uh, on the website in our kind of new supplier portal, portal we're building where, you know, you'd be able to go online and see, hey, you know, this is the woman that, you know, grew my carrot, uh, you know, that went into the meal that I'm eating a few days later. And that's, that's a level of supply chain visibility you just cannot get. In the grocery store, it's too big of a supply chain. There's distributors and retailers Mm -hmm. and co-packers and all these middlemen that Mm -hmm. are moving the product around. And we go directly to the farmers and suppliers, make the food ourselves, and then ship directly to the consumers. So Mm -hmm. we can give them that full supply chain visibility, which in 2017 we think will be really attractive. Mm -hmm. People want to know where their food's coming from. And if you can see, you know jane doe farmer grew that yellow squash or you know pet that chicken you know, that uh, you know that's in your food it, it makes you feel a lot better about it and you know that's that's one of the things we're really excited about being here in, Lots in Sacramento. exciting stuff
0: here so what's what's coming up uh, for you over the next i know you've got a wednesday night is tech night of the king so yeah. the winner of the capitalized will be announced yeah, so, we'll uh, be there. You want to give a shout out for for that? Um, people uh, can
1: vote for you. Sure. So uh, you, the hashtag on Twitter is Kings hashtag yeah. kingscapitalize. and if you you know mention Trifecta yeah. or tag Trifecta, I think our Twitter is Trifecta at, at Trifecta Meals.
2: Trifecta System, yeah. Oh, oh on Twitter, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. at
1: Trifecta System, um, you can uh, you know essentially vote for us uh, for the contest. So. Please vote for us. We think we can do amazing things for the region, add thousands of jobs and really, uh, you know, put Sacramento on the map with uh, a brand new huge industry, the food tech industry, which, you know, people think of software as a big industry at, you know, $330 billion. Uh, last year food is enormous in the u.s alone 330 billion for software was worldwide in the u.s alone the entire food market was about 4.4 trillion so we're talking you know 20 times the size of silicon valley and we can win at it so you know it's it's up to us to really support local companies and and help us you know execute to to take the entire region to the to the next level here
0: great so i want to thank you guys for taking the time uh to come into your studio awesome space by the way um any last parting tips to uh aspiring entrepreneurs
1: out there um i'll I'll give uh one you can you you can you know toss yours in there as well uh connect with uh a solid mentor who is doing Mm -hmm. something very well in your space uh you know whether it's you know you reading a bunch of of their books or uh, you know, watching their videos online or actually being able to connect with them directly. There's probably someone in your area, you know, especially in Sacramento now that we have such a great startup community that uh, you can really learn a lot from. Uh, that's one of the things I've really prided myself on as being such an avid, continuous learner. I'm constantly ripping through new books, articles, videos, just absorbing as much as possible because I, I truly believe in you know, 2017 and beyond. The marketing landscape changes so quickly. Mm. Uh, that if you're not learning incredibly fast, you you will be left behind. I, I truly believe it's not he or she who knows the most, you know. It's he or she who learns the fastest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth and I are very young. I'm 33, she's 27, uh, and, you know, we're running a million dollar organization. And it's it's just because we've just been voracious learners over the last few years uh, you know, absorbing as much information as we possibly can. You know, thousands of audiobooks that we've we've listened to. So, yeah. uh, find a mentor and learn as quickly as you possibly can, and, and you will eventually succeed. And yeah, your tip?
2: I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great one. Um, what I would say is, just any entrepreneur will probably say this is work incredibly hard. Um, you know, I can't say how many weekends, late nights. Um, sacrificing this event or that friend uh, you can't hang out with or, you know, hours of sleep that you didn't get. Um, You know, I literally wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Like, it sounds crazy, but um, that's when I start my day so that I can squeeze every little thing in. And Greg actually really kind of ingrained this in me when I was very, um, very young, like maybe 10 years ago. Um, So it was really helpful to have that mindset going into my 20s and, and, you know, even more for the last few years. Great. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck. And, again, thanks thanks for the time and the opportunity to talk with you. And definitely looking forward to working with you some more and getting your, your knowledge and expertise out there in the in the community. Absolutely. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks for having us out. Right. Right. Appreciate thanks. it. All right. All right. All Thank thanks. you. Thanks, guys.